Good morning. Today is Sunday, June 13th, 2021. So the animal rights group PETA had tremendous admiration and compliments for Israel last week when Israel became the first country in the world to ban the import or the sale of animal fur. And their statement read, this historic victory will protect countless foxes, minks, rabbits, and other animals from being violently killed for their skin. They said that this had come about as a result of years of lobbying, including PETA Honorary Director Pamela Anderson, who had personally appealed to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and they also thanked, um, um, I'm sorry, what is her name? Hold on one second. Environmental Protection Minister Gila Gamliel, who is the person who advocated for this within the Knesset, and it finally passed, and Gamliel put out a message, proud to be the first country in the world to ban the import and sale of fur. Now the whole world knows we made history today. Fur is no longer in fashion. Okay, that's very nice. I think it's a Kiddush Hashem, a sanctification of God's name. There is, of course, a very serious prohibition in the Torah of Tsar Balichayim causing unnecessary pain to animals. And this is a statement that the state of Israel will be more careful about this terrible prohibition of Tsar Balichayim. There's just a small, little, bitty, tiny asterisk necessary to put next to this announcement, and that is there's an exemption. And the exemption is for religion or religious tradition. And here's the problem. You might be able to imagine that there are not many fashion models who are modeling fur in Israel. And there are very few wealthy Israelis who are wearing fur in Israel. It is a hot country. It's not a place where many people wear fur, except Hasidic Jews. So as you may know, there are many, many Hasidic Jews who wear a fur hat. Now, I want to be careful about the terminology. There is the term that many of us are familiar with called a strimal. A strimal is a hat that is round with fur. There's another term called a spodic. A spodic is almost the same thing, except it's usually not as wide, it's usually taller but they're both made with uh, animal fur. And these are expensive items. They can cost easily up to $5,000 US. 
and they are worn by many, many Hasidim, especially men once they get married. And um, almost all of the import of fur and sale of fur in Israel relates to these Strimalach and Spodiks, which means that while it is true that Israel is the first and only country in the world to prohibit the import and sale of animal fur, it did so in a way that retains almost all of the current import and sale of animal fur. All right, little hypocrisy there, but but what about the problem of Tsar Balichayim? How is it that all of these Hasidim are wearing these fur hats and so often they are harvested in ways that are truly cruel to animals? Tzar Chaim is a very serious prohibition. There are many, many mitzvot in the Torah that all are subsumed under the rubric that we're not allowed to cause unnecessary pain to animals. So the first thing to discuss is that when we talk about this Torah prohibition of causing pain to animals, it is unnecessary pain and it is permitted for legitimate human needs. So, for example, we're allowed to take the lives of animals, kosher animals, to eat them, but we have to do so in a way that causes the least amount of pain while we do it. For example, it is certainly permitted to use animals, animal experimentation, for medical purposes, but again, it's got to be done with trying to lessen the amount of pain suffered by animals. But you may know it is a necessary evil that during medical research for certain types of therapies and cures and medicines, it is necessary to cause pain to animals. That is seen as a legitimate human need. But on the other hand, to do research on animals to test cosmetics, which is also something that causes tremendous pain and suffering to the animals, is absolutely prohibited according to Jewish law. And excuse me for saying, if uh, some people don't have a certain extra cosmetic or another kind of lipstick or another kind of eyeshadow, nebuch, it's not worth having animals suffer in order for that which is not considered a legitimate need to overcome the pain and suffering of animals if that's what's necessary. The question, of course, is how do you evaluate the need for the fur needed for a strimal? On the one hand, Hasidim would certainly argue that this is part of their tradition. It goes back. There are reasons for it. Okay, the truth is, historically, the reasons for it is that in the early 1800s, Hasidim started to imitate the fashion of Polish noblemen. Okay, but Hasidim probably don't see it that way, and they would see it as a necessary requirement of their religious tradition. Of course, it's a little harder to argue that it's a legitimate need, a legitimate need to wear animal fur in Israel, when 
everyone who's wearing animal fur strimalach is sweating at the same time, maybe in Montreal, maybe in Montreal, a person doesn't need a fur hat, maybe. But still, again, I want to make this clear. Even when there is a legitimate human need, it still must be done by diminishing as much of the pain and suffering to the animal as possible. And most experts will say that that is not being done in the way these furs are being harvested. So what's interesting is I know of two efforts within the Hasidic world to work on this, but with different motivations. Ger Hasidim in Israel is one of the largest Hasidic groups. And the Ger Rebbe has promulgated a number of very strict requirements. I only want to focus on some of them today. There's another group of them that are in a very different category. I'll leave that to the side. But concern for the explosive expenses to people who very often are not working and suffer extreme poverty. If one of these hats costs, can cost up to $5,000 US, that puts tremendous strain on a family that is having difficulty putting food on the, on the table. So the Ger Hasidim, the Ger Rebbe, passed a rule for his followers you're only allowed to spend up to $600 on a strimal or a spodek. They wear spodeks, which means by definition, they're using fake fur. So the, the existence and the introduction of fake fur, strimalach and spodeks has been rising partially because of the Ger Rebbe, which even if it's for a different motivation, is still a very good thing. More to the point, a number of years ago, one of the respected Haredi rabbis in Israel, his name is Rabbi Shlomo Pappenheim. He is the head of the Ede HaCharedis. That's like the one of the chief organizations of the Haredi world in Israel. So he promulgated a statement that said that modern strimal production violates Torah prohibitions against Tsar Balichayim, causing unnecessary pain to animals. And he said it was prohibited to wear real fur strimals or spodex. They must use fake fur. He said that wearing a, an, a real fur strimal or a spodic in public constitutes a chilul Hashem, a desecration of God's name because people see this religious Jew and they see he doesn't care about causing pain to animals. It's a tremendous thing. I must confess to you, I do not know the impact of either of these edicts I'm not aware of what the actual consequences on the ground are. And I do not know today what the proportion is between real fur and fake fur within the Hasidic world. But I would suggest 
it might be a good idea to find out the answer to that question before we go bragging about how advanced Israel is in protecting animals if in fact it passed a law with a loophole that allows it to retain almost all of the activity that existed before the law. I want to finish with a story. There was a young couple in Yerushalayim, a Hasidic couple. They just got married. Obviously, both of them were from very religious families, very respectable families. And the first Pesach, the couple went to the home of the bride for Pesach. Okay. They're sitting at the meal, at the Seder meal. It comes time for the dinner. And the first course is chicken soup. So this young man just got married. He's with his first family, his family for the first, his new family for the first time. And he's looking at eating his soup. He's looking into the bowl. And he can't believe what he sees. He thinks he sees a grain of wheat. I mean, but it's impossible. It's Pesach. I mean, that would be chametz. It's, it's unthinkable that there would be actual chametz floating in his, I'm not talking about gabrachs. I'm not talking about a custom, a minug. Actual chametz. The biblical prohibition floating in his soup. He can't believe it. He's horrified. The other people come to look at the bowl. They're looking at it. It looks like it's a, it's a, it's, it's grain. It's uh, somehow everyone's apologetic. Everybody feels bad. The bride feels bad. Her mother feels bad. Her father feels bad. Everyone feels terrible. The groom says, you know, okay, fine. As if he's okay, but, but they notice the rest of Yom Tov, the groom is not doing so good. The groom does not appear to be so comfortable being in this family that served him actual chametz on Pesach. So the father of the bride did not want this to become a problem with the marriage. They just got married. That this should be something to derail a new marriage. So right after Yom Tov, the father of the bride insisted that the young couple, his daughter and her husband, come with him to Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Orbach, one of the greatest authorities of the previous generation. I've told you many stories about him. Rabbi Shlomo Zaman listened to the story. He thought about it carefully. And then he said to the young man who had just gotten married, the chassan, he said to him, Please hand me your strimal. Shlomo Zaman took the strimal, he turned it upside down, and he started shaking it. And a few grains of wheat <laughs> dropped out of the strimal. There is a minhag in Yerushalayim and in many other ancient Jewish places that when a couple gets married, the people who are there throw 
grains of wheat at the couple as a sign of blessing. The custom in secular societies to throw rice at a newly married couple comes from this custom. It's mentioned in the Gemara. By the way, you shouldn't throw rice because that can cause birds to get sick if they eat it. That's a side point. But it's a custom to throw grains of wheat at a newly married couple. And so what had happened was the wedding had been just a little bit before Pesach and people had thrown the grain. It fell into his trimal. He thought he cleaned it out, but he didn't clean it out before Pesach. So when he leaned over to eat the soup, it was the grain from his own strimal that fell into the soup. So I want to suggest that every single person who does wear a strimal should check Check to make sure that there's no chametz before Pesach, but also check to make sure that no prohibition of Tsar Balichayim of unnecessary pain to animals was caused in the making of your strimal. And I would like to suggest the same message for every single one of us. Before you think that someone else has made a mistake, Check your own strimal first. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. It is so wonderful to start to see some of you in person, but I look forward to seeing all of you in person soon.